What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Drew Riders up in the building, and today, I'm riding solo. Max is out there right now making some money moves, and Dave, honestly, I have no idea what Dave is doing, but actually, no, he's moving up to uh, his new place up in New York, but folks, you are with me today, and we still, I promise you, we have a great show for you today. Today, we'll discuss more transfer talk as the, the deadline to enter the portal is actually coming up this Monday, and as well, we'll be discussing a little bit more which NF, which players do we see currently on the FSU roster we see actually heading over to the NFL. But first, folks, thank you for being a Locked On Seminoles, your first listen each and every single day. And also, we are only four more subs away from 1,000. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep going, as Max says, with the push for 1,000. But with that being said, let's go on with the show. Our Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. As I said at the top of the hour, it's your boy Drake here, and today, like I said, it's just me doing a little solo action here. Low-key, I ain't going to lie to you, Max. I know you're listening. I have no idea how to do this, but hopefully we will get through this together and hopefully send you off into the weekend wanting some more content this coming Monday. And, folks, as you know, for Mantor, for Mondays, we have our Mandatory Mailbag Monday. Please comment on the YouTube comments below, and you will read your question on that today. And also, we'll set the theme for the rest of the show. Now, folks, <clears throat> as you know, uh, transfer portal deadline is coming up on Monday. Monday, May 1st is when all eligible athletes want to actually have their name in the portal. That means you can still transfer after that, put your name in there. However, if you want to be eligible for the upcoming football season, you will want to put your name in the portal for that. If you do it afterwards, you most likely will have to sit out or have to go through the waiver process. And folks, I don't trust the NCAA to do anything with the quickness, anything fast at all. So you want your name done then there. Now, currently, FSU sits at 81 scholarships. And from taking kids in, taking kids out, we've seen, I think, five departures being Kobe Gross, Darius Green McKnight, Hunter Washington, Cortez Andrews entered today, the preferred walk-on, so he doesn't count for the scholarship. He does not count against scholarship count. And Corey Rand is another one, too, as well. And overall, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about maybe two, maybe three more names still. Oh, and Quayshon Fuller. And so overall, we have four extra spots left. And... I think you're going to see a lot of movement actually occurring actually after this deadline comes up, mainly because we're saying the deadline is on May 1st. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear some kids announce where the, their intentions of where they're going to be going probably the day after or even two days after primarily. When a lot of these kids actually do enter the portal, they primarily know where they're actually going to be ending up. This is where Max alludes to that it's very important to finish second place in recruiting nowadays because you already have that built-in relationship. That's kind of where the Amaris Mims situation, I know he went back to Georgia, However, that relationship with Alex Atkins is the primary reason in my in my eyes that he actually did still consider us actually at Florida State, even also like pushing back a potential U- USC visit to as well. So right now we're I'm not and we're not in the business here, like we said before, of naming kids of basically who we think we're to, who's going to enter the portal. But that's none of our business either as well. And also they're still 18, 19, even 20 years old. And you most of y'all remember when you were at that age, you guys probably changed your mind every 15 seconds of the day. So we're gonna wait to see more names come out there, but. Overall, like this, I think, platform right now, we have four open spots left, and this is for more what I think should be the wish list actually moving forward. Well, actually, it's more my wish list, how I want to spend the last four uh, scholarships actually overall. 
So for me, I'm going to start on the offensive side of the ball. And I think primarily we need to go over and grab a potential playmaker wide receiver. Now, we did grab four. We grabbed Deuce Span. We also grabbed Micah Pittman, Johnny Wilson, and Winston Wright Jr. Now, Micah Pittman, who I thought was going to have a lot more, I guess, effect when it comes to special teams, actually showed out over spring that he is capable of actually being a potential number two, like a two-way, maybe one-B option in your offense as a playmaker wide receiver. That being said, we see Johnny Wilson, you know, who had a stronger start to camp. However, towards the end, he kind of faded a little bit. He kind of faded. And then we also had a spring game where he had a bad case of the drop season. I think he had two balls thrown to him. Two of them were drops. But I'm not really worried about him. But he's somewhat more of an unproven commodity. And then you have Deuce Span as well, who, as we saw with Deuce Span, he was, um, he was actually originally a quarterback and committed to Illinois and converted over wide receiver. And now... We're expecting him to learn a playbook and also be, I guess, somewhat of a serviceable weapon this year. I think he's more of a long-term project in my eyes. And also, I mean, I've had, I've said my piece and my thoughts on Ron Dugan's development as a uh, developer of talent at wide receiver spot, and I don't think he's able to do that. So I think he's maybe two, maybe even three years out. And then Winston Wright Jr., I know there's a lot of optimism out there that he's going to be actually be able to be ready for fall. I am of the mindset that I've seen former teammates of mine even my own brother, friends of mine too as well, go through a leg injury almost as the same severity as what he's going through right now. And he probably will not, in my eyes, be ready until maybe late October, early November. I don't think you see him until halfway through the season. So I think that even though we got four, we have this extra scholarship spot open left. And now we also might see some more coming out. I think that this is where you go and grab a wide receiver. In my personal opinion, I think that you go for someone like a Javion Hester. Uh, I think he entered the portal actually today. He's a wide receiver from Missouri. He only had about 12 catches. I think he had several hundred yards. But that's someone to me that he has several years of eligibility left to as well. I think he was a four-star prospect back in high school, and that's someone that definitely fills the mold of, give me some depth, give me some depth. We saw Jordan Young too leave as well, and that's someone that we hopefully, hopefully can see be another option. Maybe. Hell, even if Winston Wright does come back during fall camp, at least you have an extra body out there too. And overall, too, uh, Javen Hester, he's about a six four, six foot four body frame. I think he's one hundred eighty five pounds. He's from the Booker T. Washington area, so maybe we did hire Randy Shannon for his you know South Florida connection. So maybe he can go down there and discuss like, hey, help me with this kid who's now in the portal. Get me in touch with them. Maybe he can open some more doors. He can go ask the committee this too, see if he can discuss with them. But overall, like to me, I think wide receiver is my probably my number one wish list overall. For getting someone else in here and also i think you have to look at someone else on the offensive side of the ball too and that as well it's to me it's not the quarterback i'll touch on that a little bit later but i think it's a tight end and this is where i think when we were discussing the someone that's not often talked about segment uh, for the spring game dave picked k mcdonald i picked cj campbell and i think the fact of the matter is that the tight end room is lack is just leaving a lot to be desired overall we have about, I think, like nine, maybe 10 or 11 scholarship athletes allocated to that room specifically. I'm obviously being hyperbolic, but it feels like about six or seven have scholarships, maybe four more actually probably are walk-ons. And honestly, right now, your best one is Wyatt Rector. And I just think Cam McDonald actually hasn't, has, just hasn't been able to live up his, to his building, whether that be Jordan Travis or whether that be him with the drops. I mean, he's a great blocker, but but he doesn't really bring an extra sort of – he doesn't. He doesn't bring any fear, I guess, to defenses as an op- as a as a potential option out there. So to me, I think you actually need to go out and grab a tight end. And honestly, like, I mean, you already have seven or eight. 
I don't see the problem, honestly, in bringing in just one more tight end to just basically, hopefully, help Jordan Travis out a little bit more overall. And I think here, a name, I'm not saying to look out for, but someone I would probably like to go after, but, I mean, you'll see what happens with him. I think he's on the portal, is uh, is Julian Nixon. He was a former four-star prospect, actually, out of the Roswell, Georgia area, and he's someone that's transferring from Tennessee. Now, it might give you a little bit of a pause of a concern if Josh Heupel, who does like to use a bunch of options on offense, whether it be his wideouts, throwing to his running backs, and also utilizing his tight end since in his days being over at Missouri and then UCF afterwards before going over to Tennessee. To me, this is someone that basically like you at least, you know, extend your hand out and say, hey, we need these more options on offense. We need you to help out with the tight end room or at least push Cam McDonald because I do like Cam McDonald. I think Cam McDonald has the physical tools and athleticism to actually probably be potentially be a sleeper pick in the NFL draft, maybe like a sixth or seventh round pick, which there's a lot that hit raise there is a lot higher than being in your, in your midday round picks. So to me, Julian Nixon, he has the frame. He's 6'3", 235. And I mean, Max kind of has, I guess, converted me to the fact that Johnny Wilson, to me, is not going to be your tight end. Primarily, he's he's very tall, but he is kind of a wiry more frame. And I don't think just, you know, adding weight on him might be the best option moving forward. And he's already a six foot seven matchup, you know, mismatch for a lot of cornerbacks out there being a lot of them are shorter. I mean, he's got probably six or seven inches on them. And also, thank you for helping me and teaching me about the wonderful and people over at Built.com. Folks, Built.com is your one-stop shop for all the most delicious, most nutritious, sir, copyright trademark, copyright trademark, protein bars out there. As I said before, Dave is the captain of the Cookie Dough Army. Max is the Brigadier General of the Peanut Butter Brownie Brigade. And your boy, as you know, is the is the Cherry Barcia Casanova. So, folks, head on over and grab some Built Bars today with 130 calories, 4 net carbs, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And if you're not a bars guy... Try the puffs. You're gonna trust me. You're gonna want to try the puffs. They have 12 delicious flavors. I got a box of churro back back there, actually in the corner. And trust me, folks, it's probably the best thing when you you want a Snickers, maybe you want a Twix, or maybe you just you know you just want something a little extra sweet like an Oreo. Nah, you want to grab these instead and help keep your resolutions alive. So head on over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15. That's a one five percent bonus off of your order using promo code LOCKS15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Folks, let's get healthy together. So keep going with the wish list right here. Basically, we're saying, as I said before, we have about four spots left. So right now, I'm kind of trying to see with one spot for, I guess, one specific position group each. So, so far, what we've done with the show, we've done wide receiver, and we've also done tight end. So now I'm going to go over to the defensive side of the ball. And I think what this team needs to go after, in my personal opinion, most likely is a defensive end. And this is more probably primarily, I understand that the depth is a lot better. We do have Jared Burst now, who I think in a few years' time is going to be not what Jermaine Johnson was, because I don't think it's fair to actually give him, give him those expectations, because what Jermaine Johnson did here in a year span probably is nothing sort of remarkable. And, I mean, we're recording this right now as this Thursday night, the night of the draft, and I wouldn't be surprised that Jermaine Johnson is probably a top-five pick. But I think Jared Burst will definitely be able to Etch his name down there with other uh, other former seminal greats on the defensive line. And we also have Dennis Briggs, who up until last year probably was your best defensive lineman. Then you also have Derek McClendon, who from all accounts has been playing with his ears pinned back. And he's definitely been a more of a man possessed over spring. My only issue is that we lost Quayshawn Fuller. And for those of you that have been listening to the show, I was a lot more bullish on Quayshawn Fuller. He was someone that a lot of people kind of, you know, 
what's the word I'm looking for here? He's someone a lot of people kind of did not expect much from, primarily because he was in, I think, the first higher class, the first class after his transition year. And towards the end of last year, he showcased something. I'm pretty sure he had multiple sacks last year. He had, I know he had one sack in the North Dame game against a very good offensive line. And overall, he was someone that we thought was going to be a contributor or at least a valuable depth piece or rotational piece along his defensive line. And then fast forward to about a few days ago, you hear that he's entering the portal. And when I was alluding to that, I was thinking that defensive line, someone was going to, was going to enter the portal. That was probably some, that was someone that I definitely kind of circled my eye on because it just seems that Quayson Fuller probably would be a better fit in different schemes. He also, a lot of people thought that he'd be a better option on the inside if he gained weight. But to me, I thought he was a good spot there. So, but it, so to me, it is, it's not a detrimental loss because he wasn't a starter. However, I do think he's someone that could have started probably a year from now. And also, I think he's someone that was going to be a valuable rotational piece overall for the season. So for me, I think you have to go after a defensive end in this upcoming cycle. And hopefully, there's, I mean, there's a lot of options out there. I know the big name out there right now along the defensive line is O'Shawn Mathis. He's the former TCU defensive lineman. That's someone that, I mean, I would, I, that's like a, that to me is a wish list of wish list right there to grab him. And overall, like to me, defensive line is probably one of the more difficult ones uh to secure primarily because most of the best ones are already gone uh like i said oshawn mathis primarily he's from tcu i wouldn't be surprised if he goes to texas we saw miami basically bolster their entire defensive line i saw they got the antonio moultrie kid not from not too long ago so overall to me like there's not many options out there so i don't understand it's not that i don't understand i'm sorry I think it's so to me, it's I think it's unfortunate that Quayshawn Fuller actually did enter the portal because I do think that he was going to be a valuable, valuable rotational piece overall. And quite honestly, I don't see a value, I guess, a very high caliber replacement actually out there right now because most of the kids, like a Demion Robinson from, from formerly from Maryland over to Penn State, Daryl Jackson Jr., who was another defensive lineman, committed to Miami not too long ago. So overall, it's going to be really hard to replace him. And I want some. I think we need to grab something just for death. However, I don't think there are many options actually left out there. So, to me, hopefully we're able to find something out there. Hopefully, there are more names actually will popping up because, as you know, I think there's about a thousand kids right now in the portal. I think only about maybe thirty percent of those kids actually have homes as of yet. Actually, in the Power Five, I think even maybe not even that many more actually have homes in the Group of Five. So we'll see actually where a majority of them actually end up. So for the last one, as you can tell. I lied. I'm actually going back to the offensive side of the ball because I think the last, but certainly not the least, either in impact, what this team needs, or in size, is we need to go and grab a legitimate offensive tackle out of the pole, out of, out of the portal. And folks, I mean, that's not this is you're not hearing breaking news here from me. I mean, this is something that we've basically been discussing ourselves here, the folks over at 247, the Nolcast of Button Ingram too, as well, also no game day, that this team is in desperate need of another tackle. And well, desperate might not be the strong word because I'm one of the few that believe that this offensive line did take a nice step forward last year, especially towards the end of the season, primarily because when the first few games when we didn't have a fully healthy offensive line, you can see the struggling. However, once we had a full offensive line and once Jordan Travis was kind of installed back as the true starting quarterback option, that they actually performed pretty well. I think our highest graded game, one of them is actually the Florida game at the end of the season, and that defensive line I mean, Gervon Dexter is not a joke. Gervon Dexter is a really damn good defensive lineman overall, and that was a, a pretty stout defensive front. But overall, to me, I think you need to go for an offensive lineman. Unfortunately, we all know what happened with the Marist Mims situation. Thoughts and prayers with him and his family and the family of his best friend. 
So we now need to look for a different option. We know we struck out with the Miles Frazier sweepstakes. Uh, we saw we struck out, I not strike out, but we didn't go after the Jonathan Dennis kid as much as I, I kind of wanted to, the former Oregon kid who transferred over to the University of Miami. But I think there are some solid options still out there, in my personal opinion. The Tyler Steen kid was someone that I really wanted. Me, someone that we honestly need to go for, is someone that recently entered the portal overall, and that's Jonah Miller. Uh, Jonah Miller is another Oregon tackle, and I think that's someone that, if we're being honest here, if I'm Mike Norvell and if I'm Alex Atkins, I get a phone call to you know, Thrilly Dilly over there. I'm like, hey, Dilly, can you do me a solid? I know you helped us out uh, not too long ago with everything else, but could you please, with Michael Pittman, could you please hook us up with another favor and help us out securing Jonah Miller? Because Jonah Miller, to me, is someone that, like, Bless Harris is going to start on this team, and I think that's really good because I think it was very smart take at the time, and also it's now showing to pay dividends because he actually can play this, this game. I think Jonah Miller is someone that can definitely be able to. He's a beefier kid. Jonah Miller actually is listed at six foot six and a half. He's almost 270, 280 pounds. So for Max out there, I know you want to play with the shiny new big toy. There you go right there. It's a brother Jonah right there on the outside. So to me with Jonah Miller, I think he's someone that you're able to play, put it at the tackle spot, maybe and not at the start of the season, but when he acclimates the playbook a little bit better because we saw Dylan Gabriel kind of struggle with the reading of that. We see Kane Lyles right now also struggling to learn the offense. I think over summer, you give him the time to learn all that. He's able to become a starter towards maybe game two, game three, when you get to the meteor part of your schedule. And he's able to go in, go to the left side, put, push Robert Scott towards the middle. Same thing with DWAS, depending on where you want to put them out. And that way you have a beefier, beefier interior. And that opens up Brian Lane's a lot more and also probably protects your quarterback just a little bit more because offensive line, as we know for the past few years, has been probably the Achilles heel of this FSU team since dalvin's last year and the only reason why we didn't think it was doubt that and during dalvin's last year is because dalvin cook was literally the in my personal opinion the greatest running back i've ever seen in college football uh besides reggie bush because of what he's able to do behind a very very bad um offensive line but to me that is my wish list and if the folks if you have a different one you know for four slots please comment down below i know max and dave will probably be giving their opinion when they come back next monday but folks we don't only talk about wish lists here what are, the, what are your wishes? What are your dreams? You know what my dream is? My dream is that my plus 2,800 Jameer Gibbs ticket hits over at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Betonline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. And folks, as you know, the NFL draft is going on right now. I can't give you any first-round pick advice right now because this is dropping, as you can hear, on Friday. The first draft was yes, the first round was yesterday, last night. But I can give you later on picks. And to me, the best pick, honestly, is a value pick. I would take the Miami Dolphins at plus 200 to have their first drafted player be an offensive lineman. Whenever someone asks me if I can give a pro, pro comparison to FSU's offensive line situation, who would you go with? I give them two teams. I give them the Baltimore Ravens, which is kind of ironic too because they also have a very mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson, and the Miami Dolphins because the Miami Dolphins had the bottom, bottom, number 32 offensive line in the entire league last year. And that was no fault of their own because the offensive line was pretty much the same as the offensive line we had in 2018. But folks, head on over to betonline.net and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get a 100%, that's right, folks, a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, 
That is betonline.net, promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, betonline, where the game starts. And we are now in the home stretch for today's show, folks. And thank you guys so much for you know sticking around with me. This is probably one of my first solo ones, hopefully, not one of my last when Max and Dave hear this and tell me that I can never do this by myself ever again. But I miss you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys too. Thank you guys all as always Megan, for making Lock and Assembles your first listen each and every single day. And to wrap up today's show, I want to talk about you know the players that are still on the roster. We discussed earlier this week about Jermaine Johnson and Jason Corbin probably being the next two Seminoles, adding their names to drafted, drafted players. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to kind of look to see which players on this team right now do I think will still be drafted. We were supposed to talk about that two days ago, but we had a little more fun with the Jason Corbin conversation about talking about Keir Thomas too as well. But I want to talk about the kids that are on the field as of right now. And overall, I think this team, surprisingly, actually has decent options to get drafted. Uh, and to me, there's a lot of kids that actually be, be draft el- eligible for this coming year. And I'm going to focus on the ones that, to me, if they declared actually after the season, are going to actually be ones being drafted. So, to me, I'm going to go from order of who I think is most likely to get drafted to least. And it's about, it's about three or four. I'm going to stick with probably about three. So, basically, so you can, you know, you can rip me in the comments if you want, if you have actually any more. I'll have some honorable honorable mentions to it as well. But I'm going to start off with probably someone that I think is poised for a breakout, breakout season, and that's Akeem Dent. Now, Akeem Dent came to Florida State as a five-star recruit. He probably, I think, is the last five-star that we got, or he was someone that was a five-star and then I think was number 33 and 247 dropped a fifth star, which, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't say you're running a company, but to me, the kid's a, to me, the kid's a five-star. But overall, like Akeem Dent was consensus of a five-star, a five-star recruit. And Akeem Dent, for the first few seasons, for the first season actually he was here, he played primarily at the cornerback spot. And from all of us remember, he did not have the best hands, and we kind of showcased why he played defensive back instead of wide receiver because he was always at the right spot at the right time, and the kids couldn't catch the ball. And I'm just like, damn, like, I mean, I, I know, I know you're playing defensive back, but I know you don't get the ball too often. But you got at least catch one of those, and I think a lot of those games and that games that that year were a lot more of a closer variety. And you're sitting there like, damn. If he had caught one of those balls, do you think a record could have changed? But overall, to me, Akeem Dent is someone that, when he now he's fully healthy, I think came on very strong last year. He's already appearing in a lot of mock drafts too as well. Akeem Dent to me is someone that definitely, definitely has that second round potential to be. He's a little bit of a. He's very. He does everything very well. He's a very cerebral player. He's also someone that covers really well. This great in run, run fits, run stops, and he basically can be put anywhere on the field too. And I like him a lot. So to me, Akeem Dent is probably your most likely to be drafted overall. And I think he's going to have a breakout season this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's someone that actually probably dips a little bit early. Now, the second one that I think is someone that basically he might not play a lot this season, depending on if we get another tackle, because this is what depending on. So to me right now, I don't think we'll be able to grab another starting tackle to replace him. And that player to me is Robert Scott. Robert Scott to me is someone that Norvell, I think, hit a home run with with Atkins grabbing this kid out of Arkansas. Robert Scott, to me, is someone that has proved time and time again that he, even though he was super young, even though he was 18, that he was up to the challenge each and every single damn time. I mean, he started his freshman year. I think it was all freshman ACC at the offensive line spot. And offensive line is probably one of the more harder positions to play from high school to, to pro football. That typically you want your offensive lineman to sit on the bench for two to three years unless you're Evan Neal or Charles Cross, who's someone who those two names actually are probably being drafted as I'm speaking right now. So Robert Scott, to me, is someone that, I think he'll play a guard at probably at the next level of competition overall, primarily because the kid, I mean, the kids just 
he does everything really, really well. He's graded out really well in pass pro with run blocking too as well. I know he was hampered a lot by injuries last year. I think he was dealing with a nagging like ankle injury overall, but he had a stronger finish towards the end of the season. And to me, Robert Scott's someone that he probably is draft eligible based on his potential and also his first year because his first year was just lights out. And his first year was very, he was the bright spot on his offensive line. I'm like, damn. Atkins did some work in there, and a part of it is also because of Robert Scott is as a person, also as an athlete, too. So to me, the first two are Akeem Dent and Robert Scott. And I think my last one overall, I guess, I'm going to probably go back to the defensive side of the ball uh, for linebacker, and I'm going to go with Kalen Deloach. And Kalen Deloach primarily is someone that I picked mainly because he's someone that had a lot of hype coming in. I, I remember his recruiting sign day that we were fighting, I guess, to the bitter end for Kalen Deloach probably signed between us and Michigan. It was the year after Devin Bush actually signed with Michigan. So they kind of had that little, hey, we're able to develop linebackers. The last one that FSU had that was a premier, a premier linebacker was four years ago with Telvin Smith. And the best one they had after that was Dontavious Jackson. So kind of not, not, not a big drop off, but a big enough drop off to give you sort of a development concern. But we kept him onto him. And then he's someone that we waited for about, about two years, about two and a half years to see whether or not he'd actually be able to break the starting lineup, especially because our linebacking core wasn't particularly that great. I mean, I mentioned D-Jax, and D-Jax, you know, he was very solid at run coverage, but he wasn't particularly the most athletic linebacker. And then Ken Deloach, out of nowhere from last year, actually came up and showed out he was our best linebacker. He made a use coordinating the defense. He was someone you saw as a true leader, actually, in that front 7-2 as well, and someone that kind of was able to position himself with DJ Lundy, Amari Gaynor, and master their mistakes. I mean, overall, I mean, you see the kid has a tremendous tenacity. He has a ferocity. He basically has a never-ending motor. And the best example is the safety he had against Boston College, where he stuffed Travis Levy back in the end zone. And to me, that's something that you you hear a lot of questions about a lot of these players right now in the NFL draft, whether they have the want to or the love or the commitment to the sport of the, sport of the game. I, I, I know Kalen Deloach has it. And that's something that a lot of, you know, when, you, when he's being scrutinized with other linebackers and we need the one little small little reason to like give him a little more of a bump up that they're gonna point to that play right there and basically say that that's why i want that kid over such and such over there so to me those are my top three right there keem Demp being one robert scott being two candle Loach being three and honorable mentions to me probably would be obviously jared verse the only reason why i don't have Jared verse higher on this list is primarily i haven't seen him play at the power five level yet i do think he'll be there eventually but for deference for kid for kids that actually have seen play overall, I'm going to put him on honorable mentions list. Trey Benson's another one. I think Trey Benson honestly will be end up being better than Jay Sean Corbin, primarily because I think he has a big, I think he's a bigger size. I think he has the same home run speed. And also I think he's someone that I just think he might be a little bit faster too, a little bit better with vision. But overall, I do think Trey Benson will be Trey Benson's gonna be that dude. He's gonna be he's gonna be that dude for a very long time. Other one I can think I mean, can think of, I think Tatum Bethune might might be someone that could honestly I think Tatum Bethune is someone that's going to actually make someone's roster as a reserve player, but I think he's a prime candidate for someone that's very productive in college, but then is signing as an undrafted free agent. So I think he has NFL caliber potential. I just don't know if he's someone that someone would take a draft pick on because they might get him for cheaper, or simply put, they don't want to have the amount, the amount of guaranteed money and give it to them overall when it comes to undrafted signings. But with that being said, as always, folks, thank you guys so much for the love and support. And as always, listen. We get to do this every single we get to do this every single day, Monday through Friday, because of y'all. And as I see the ticker right now that we're only a few more subscribers away from a thousand, it really does mean a lot to me. It really does mean a lot to Max and Dave too. Like 
we get to come on here and just give our opinion about FSU football, and you guys are all you know have been there supporting us. So shout out to y'all, whether it be listening on the commute, listening on the way to the gym, listening during work, and also shout out to the Miami fans. I know they've been trolling in here too because listen, you give us a view, you give us a listen, whether you listen for love or listen to hate. A listen is a listen, and that's all we really care about here. And we want to make sure that we give you the best content. And trust me, once we hit a thousand, the content won't stop there. We'll be going full steam ahead. So, with that being said, thank you guys so much for the love and support and listening to today's episode. Please, if you can, don't forget five stars, either out podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or reach a podcast from. As always, like us on YouTube, hit the subscribe banner up at the tippy tippy top, hit the like button at the bottom of this video. And please comment your questions for the Mantor Mailbag Monday. And also, let me know if, mess- if I messed up on Transfer Portal Talk. Also, let me know if I need to slow down, which I can tell you right now by watching my voice and watching my mouth. I definitely need to. But I want you all to have a great and fabulous weekend. As always, take care, everybody. And we'll see you all on Monday.